the Public News Service Daily Newscast, March the 2nd, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. Groups that fight for Palestinian rights are praising a new fact sheet on religious discrimination. It comes to the U.S. Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights. They're praising it because of what's left out. The document does not include a definition of anti-Semitism written by the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, known as IRA. Former President Donald Trump issued an executive order in 2019 requiring federal agencies to consider the IRA definition when investigating Title VI complaints of discrimination. Lena Asi from the group Palestine Legal says the definition and the accompanying examples conflate criticism of the Israeli state with anti-Semitism. We mostly have seen it with shutting down events and punishing students and professors that speak about life as a Palestinian. And we believe that definition not only violates our constitutional rights to free speech, but also perpetuates anti-Palestinian racism and discrimination. I'm Suzanne Potter. Seventeen civil rights groups wrote the feds asking that the IHRA definition be excluded from the fact sheet. And a bill in the Pennsylvania General Assembly would amend the state constitution to allow more adult victims of childhood sex abuse to sue their abusers. Senate Bill 1 would open a two-year retroactive window for lawsuits by victims of sexual abuse who were otherwise time-barred from bringing these claims. Terry Clark with the Pennsylvania Council of Children, Youth, and Family Services says in 2019, the state extended the civil statute of limitations for child sexual abuse victims to file suit from age 30 to age 55. Clark says the bill would also allow legal action against organizations the council works with to support victims. And this really is where our concern is because it relates to a person being able to sue institutions. Those institutions aren't just folks like the Catholic churches or Boy Scouts of America. It's also foster care providers, adoption providers, residential treatment providers. The bill sponsored by Republican Senator Dan Laughlin of Erie also includes new stricter voter ID requirements. Clark notes the proposed amendments would have to pass in two consecutive legislative sessions before they'd be put on the ballot for voters statewide. For Public News Service, I'm Danielle Smith. Now from the New York Times, President Biden told Speaker Kevin McCarthy Wednesday that there was room for discussion about addressing America's deficit, even as he insisted that the Congress would have to pass a debt limit increase with no strings attached. Mr. Biden and McCarthy met at the White House for more than an hour. This is Public News Service. Advocates and stakeholders say they have solutions for the Virginia Employment Commission to get through its backlog of unemployment appeal cases. According to the commission, during the first year of the pandemic, unemployment claims reached historic levels. In 2020, more than one million claims were filed. Although the number of claims filed has declined since then, appeals are still facing longer processing time. The agency's issues stem from underfunding, short staffing, and lacking technology, according to a 2021 report from the Joint Legislative Audit and Review Commission. Pat Levy-Lavelle with the Legal Aid Justice Center says one way to fix this issue is hiring more staff for first-level appeals. However, However, pandemic-era decisions are having a ripple effect now. Earlier in the pandemic, the former Secretary of Labor for Virginia basically said we had focused on folks to answer the telephones and we forgot about staffing up in terms of having enough hearing officers. He adds, while work has begun to get more people in, 
I'm Edwin J. Vieira. And lawmakers and immigrant rights activists in the Bay State are hoping to pass the Language Access and Inclusion Act. That means key documents for mass health or unemployment insurance would be translated for non-English speakers, while interpretive services and staff would be made readily available at state offices. State Senator Sal Domenico of Everett says the bill would help the one in ten state residents considered having limited proficiency in English. We can't wait two, three, four more years of our friends in our community getting lost in the shuffle and not being valued for what they bring to our state. Domenico says the government owes these language services to the immigrant and essential workers who showed up during the pandemic and kept the economy running. I'm Catherine Carley reporting. Finally, North Dakota's plan to boost animal agriculture has reignited a thorny issue, loosening restrictions on corporate ownership of farms. Our Mike Moen reports the state says it's about competition, but there are renewed concerns about environmental setbacks as well as tribal considerations. A bill in the legislature would bring some big changes to a decades-old law that prohibits corporations from owning North Dakota farmland. Exemptions would essentially be applied to cattle, hog, and poultry feedlots and dairies. The Dakota Resource Council, Scott Skokos, worries the state doesn't have the regulatory capacity to monitor a potential influx of factory farms. I don't necessarily think that we have robust enough rules for us to really welcome an industry that will come in in large scale most likely. He says if regulations lag behind development, waterways would become polluted and air quality would suffer. Tribal advocates worry about dumping of waste near reservations. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service. Member Alyssa supported heard on interesting radio stations. Your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.